I'm Benny Ramatka with Ramatka Ranch in Hamilton, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we take a look at sorghum here in 2021. Texas sorghum had a pretty good year in most of the state. We'll check in with one Texas Panhandle sorghum producer to see how the crop did in his area of the state here in 2021. We'll have that story to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As we continue looking for insight on where we might see acres go in the Texas High Plains next year, one local observer believes the market situation is working to cotton's advantage. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. There will be a new cottonseed variety available to Texas producers in 2022. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those cotton details on Texas Ag Today. We tip our hat to Texas horses on National Horse Day. I'm Gary Joyner, and we'll talk everything equine on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Sorghum saw quite a rebound here in Texas in 2021 thanks to a big boost in prices, increased demand, and new sorghum technologies. Cody Carson is a sorghum grower in Alton, Texas, and he's chairman of the National Sorghum Producers. He says sorghum is a great crop to grow given the conditions in the Texas panhandle. If the Ogallala declines and my options become more limited, sorghum has just become an, an incredible resource on my farm. And I think from South Dakota to South Texas, as we experience these great swings in, in uh, weather patterns, uh, in a drought, there's nothing hardly that will replace the sorghum. What I have found on my farm is it works really well because of the biomass on top. It's helping with wind erosion on my farms, and it's making a, a great sustainable fit in rotation. I don't know that any crop is good year after year after year without rotation, but it's a, a great fit for the uh, upland birds, like I said, for the biomass, for the soil, ero the wind erosion, the soil erosion. Uh, we're not blessed with a lot of water, but sometimes when it comes, uh, the two days we get our annual rainfall, you ought to be there, you know. So uh, uh, having that stubble on top of the ground is great for soil erosion. And sorghum is a crop that can help Texas farmers cope with the political realities of the day. With the new talk on carbon sequestration and, and uh, what they're trying to do with, with carbon credits and those scores for 
the inputs it takes, sorghum probably puts as much carbon in the soil as anything I know of on my farm. Texas sorghum acres were up 26% this year compared to 2020. USDA has announced a new program this week to help hog producers affected by the pandemic. The Farm Service Agency is now accepting applications for aid from hog raisers who were negatively impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. This week, USDA announced the Spot Market Hog Pandemic Program, which is part of the Pandemic Assistance for Producers initiative. It is designed to help hog producers who sold hogs through a negotiated sale between October 16, 2020 and September 1, 2022. During that time frame, packer production declined due to COVID. Employee illnesses and supply chain issues led to fewer negotiated hogs being procured and lower market prices. Contract growers are not eligible for aid through the program. Aid is calculated at $54 a head for up to 10,000 head. Eligible hog raisers may apply for the Spot Market Hog Pandemic Program at FSA offices now through February 25th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Fertilizer prices continue to skyrocket as much as 300% in some areas. The American Farm Bureau Federation says there are several reasons for this, including increased prices for raw nutrients, increased demand, higher energy costs, supply chain issues, and trade duties. AFBS Market Intel found that compared to September 2020, ammonia has increased over 210%. Liquid nitrogen has increased over 159%. Urea is up 155%. MAP has increased 125%, while DAP is up over 100%, and potash has risen above 134%. The battle for acres is on across the nation and right here in Texas. With grain and cotton prices so high, which crops will get the acres planted in 2022? James Hunt tells us that on the Texas High Plains, cotton may have the advantage. As we sit here in mid-December, spring planting is still a good ways off, but farmers are already busy getting ready in various ways, including buying seed. And those purchases could give us some insight into farmers strategizing on how they will divide up their acres. In my conversation with Russell French of Pioneer Hybrid, he offered these observations. I would say that producers that have the irrigation capacity to grow corn are going to stick with corn, it looks like to me. Based on our sales on our first early pay savings period, you know, we're creeping up a little bit over last year where we were a year ago on corn sales. So I think corn is going to stay about the same where we got the water. I think the shift that's going to come is we're probably going to see more cotton next year over grain sorghum. Grain sorghum has kind of returned to its normal price point, you know, about 50 cents a bushel less than corn, which is historically where it usually is at. You know, we, a year ago we had some extra demand from China that drove the price of sorghum up there and, and people that grew sorghum this past year did very, very well. But now cotton prices have rebounded and are really strong. So I probably see some more cotton acres and a little less sorghum acres showing up. And then a lot of people got wheat planted and whether they'll keep that wheat or graze it out or destroy it and plant another crop will depend on you know how it looks come spring. Yes, how their wheat looks come spring will be important to farmers. But how is wheat looking right now in our area? We'll hear what Russell French of Pioneer Hybrid has to say about that tomorrow. But one more note from French as we round out today's report. He is once again urging area producers to get soil testing done in order to avoid buying any more of that high-priced fertilizer than they actually need for next season. 
I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas cotton farmers will have some new varieties to choose from this spring. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at one of those. I'm reporting today from Scottsdale, Arizona at the annual Delta Pine New Product Evaluator Summit where about 120 farmers from across the cotton belt and many from Texas gathered to uh, learn about new uh, cotton uh, varieties for the 2022 season. And I have as my guest today, Eric Best. He is the new Delta Pine Cotton Product Manager from the Lubbock area. Eric, uh, there was uh, one variety, uh, DP2239 as you folks call it, that will be released commercially in 2022 for farmers in Texas. What are the attributes of that variety? Why will it be important for them to uh, put the seed in the ground? We're excited about the new DP2239 Bulgard 3 Extend Flex product, primarily because, you know, when we look at these new class of things coming up, a lot of the past years we've had four or five advanced every year, and this year, you know, basically there's two, and there's one that has wide adaptation, as we discussed. It looks like it will do very well, not only in West Texas, but Central Texas and South Texas. Very consistent across environments, consistent across management regimes. But one of the things, I guess, that brought it to the top when we were making these decisions on what experimentals to go forward with was the past couple years in the class of 20 and the class of 21, those were very, very strong classes. And we're hearing a lot of feedback. These things did well, but the things to beat are some of the Delta Pine class of 20 and the class of 21. The bar was set pretty high from our breeding group the last two years. So having something like 2239 that yields on par and grades with and is as consistent as it was compared to the best checks in the business out of the last two years really has created some excitement out here that growers have another mid to mid to full top product and is easy to manage. That is Delta Pine Cotton Product Manager Eric Best. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The horse industry celebrated National Horse Day earlier this week. Gary Joyner has more on the importance of the horse industry here in Texas. National Horse Day on December 13th offers us a chance to celebrate everything equine. It's a day to remember the economic, historic, and cultural contributions that horses have made. The heritage of Texas horses reaches back generations. The animals are woven into our state's culture and agricultural economy. Texas leads the nation in the number of horses, and it's not by a nose. There are an estimated 780,000 horses across the state, far more than California, Florida, Oklahoma, and Kentucky. The Texas horse sector represents an estimated output of over $5 billion to the state's economy. The equine industry supports 52,000 permanent jobs. Horses are a big part of many Texas farms and ranches. They help get the job done. Horses are also enjoyed for recreation, racing, showing, and rodeo. In fact, recreational riding ownership generates more revenue than all other pursuits. Horses are Texas, and we celebrate their contributions. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Another hunting season opens up this week. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And alfalfa is commonly fed to horses, but it may not be right for all horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. 
As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Alfalfa is commonly fed to horses, but Dr. Bob Judd says it may not be right for all horses. Alfalfa is a great choice to feed many horses. Dr. Chelsea Huseman indicates in the horse publication that alfalfa is a perennial legume forage that is nutrient-rich, highly palatable, widely available, and affordable. So which horses should be fed alfalfa? Dr. Krishona Martinson indicates that alfalfa is generally higher in digestible energy, crude protein, and calcium, but is lower in fiber and non-structural carbohydrates, such as starch and sugars. Therefore, alfalfa is recommended for horses that need more calories, such as performance horses and broodmares, immediately before and after foaling. Also, alfalfa is good for thin horses, picky eaters, those prone to ulcers, and those prone to laminitis, or those that have equine metabolic syndrome. However, you have to be careful feeding alfalfa to young growing horses because it is energy dense and can lead to rapid growth rates, which can lead to multiple issues in growing horses. You have to also be careful in feeding horses that do not need additional calories, such as those that are pasture ornaments or those that are easy keepers and may gain too much weight. High-quality alfalfa hay contains easy-to-digest complex carbohydrates and therefore provides more energy than grass hays. And because of this, some horse owners feel feeding alfalfa will make their horse hot and less controllable. Alfalfa will increase the energy compared to grass hay, but as long as you realize you can feed less alfalfa compared to grass hay, then the horse should be normal. One item you do have to worry about when feeding alfalfa is blister beetles, especially hay grown in Texas. So check hay for beetles before feeding. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Another hunting season opens up this week in Texas. Jessica Dommel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The second part of dove hunting season in Texas opens on Friday. Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Texas Dove Hunters Association, said the second part of the season is expected to be better than the first, which started out a bit slow due to a number of factors. The freeze did affect the birds. We did receive pictures from farmers of lots of birds that had died in the panhandle. But really what it did was it pushed the white wings south that or they went into town to seek shelter. And those that did seek shelter, that's the majority of the birds for white wings that you were shooting in that first two or three days. Then after that, the other birds from the south hadn't come back up yet. So that's really kind of what we see. 
That plus there was a lot of rain early in the year and the panhandle was very late getting into their milo fields. So birds really had no reason to move. They really had plenty of what they needed. And then in the south, the valley had record numbers of, of milo planted this year. So there was really nothing bringing the birds from the north and nothing bringing them up from the south at the time the season hit. We're not real sure, but that's kind of what we're seeing. All that having been said, before the end of the first season, I was already getting calls from outfitters saying, hey, please put it out there. We're getting birds. A lot of outfitters were already saying that the white wings had come back. And then the morning dove, during the first season, we saw, I wouldn't say a record number, but I would say that the, a higher percentage of hatchier birds in our bag than normal, which tells us we had a really good hatchier, if you would, for morning dove this year. That was Bobby Thornton from the Texas Dove Hunters Association. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw mostly lower trade in all of our agricultural markets on Wednesday. We'll take a look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Wednesday saw mostly lower prices in just about all of our agricultural commodities. We'll start with the cattle market as we always do. December live cattle dropped $1.77 to close at $1.35 even. February down $1.72 at $1.3657. April live cattle dropped $1.7, $1.4092. Lower close in the feeder market. January feeder cattle down $1.15, $1.6342. March feeders down $1.92 at $164.47. April feeder cattle down $1.75, $167.35. Cash-fed cattle market still mostly quiet this week. We did see some very limited sales so far at $138, but most of our feedlots continue to stand firm with asking prices of $139 or better. We had the online Fed Cattle Exchange on Wednesday. 1,331 had listed. None of those cattle sold. Boxed beef prices lower on Wednesday. Choice down nine cents at 260.63. Select down 14, 248.66. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. It's time to head out to Washington County. Talk to Doug Bass from Cattleman's Brenham about the sale he had last week and what's going to happen this week, Doug. What do you say? At this sale, Mr. Larry, we ended up with uh, 1,931 head of cattle. Pack of cows and bulls looked pretty steady. Gav market, I think, was steady to probably a little cheaper on some of the plainer cattle. Good. So, let's let's walk the pins. Center low-yielding cows bring 25 to 50. Better high-yielding cows bring 55 to 78. Lower-yielding bulls bring 56 to 78. Better high-yielding bulls bring 82 to 94. Red cows bring anywhere from about 650 to 10. 50. On your calf market, yeah, two to three weight steers bring 135 to 212. 
Heifers bring 121 to 167. Three to four weight steers bring 130 to 210. Heifers bring buck and a quarter to 167. Four to five weight steers bring 125 to 197. Heifers bring 120 to 180. Five to six weight steers bring 120 to 178. Heifers bring 112 to 170. Six to seven weight steers bring 115 to 154. Heifers bring 105 to 152. Seven to eight weight steers bring 110 to 160. Heifers bring 90 to 121. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yardings bring 90 to 119. And your heifer spring 75 to a buck and a quarter good deal let's talk about the cattle you've got coming for this the last sale of the year one group of cows is 160 cows and these cows would just be running age cows they'll be from young to old they're selling everything but that's a dang good set of crossbred cows uh then i got another gentleman that's got a set of brangus cows kind of middle-aged cows and they all come into town and we're gonna sell them this ride all right well tell everybody how to get a hold of you doug bass yes sir y'all can call me on my sale which is 979-877-4454 or call us there at the office which is 979-836-3621. Neighbor, I'm already out trying to rope us another livestock market operator report. We're walking the pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble, your host. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs close lower. February hogs down 75 cents, 79.32. April down 90 at 84.20. Class 3 milk closed lower. Nearby December down 10 cents at 18.51 a hundredweight. January milk down 22 at 19.76 a hundred. The cotton market closed mixed. The nearby contract slightly lower. The new crop higher. Traders keeping an eye on the Fed meeting this week. Headlines coming out of that meeting indicate that the central bank would aggressively dial back its monthly bond buying, and also there could be as many as three rate hikes next year. That may be one big reason why we saw most of our markets move lower on Wednesday. March cotton down 11 points at 105.79, May down 18 at 104.37, new crop December cotton up 2 points 89.71. Lower close in the grain markets, March corn down 4 and a half, 585 and 3 quarters, September corn down 2 and 3 quarters, 558 and a half. Both hard and soft wheat taking another hit on Wednesday. July Kansas City wheat down 22 cents, 781 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down 27 at 757 a bushel. In the energy markets, January natural gas was up six cents, 381. January crude oil up 84 cents, 71.57 a barrel. The financial markets higher on Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 350 points, 35,894. The Nasdaq up 261 at 15,499. The S&P up 63, 4,697. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.